Hello friends, Gustav here, and I want to go on record as being incorrect in a recent episode featuring Professor Brad, where I claimed that Edison was responsible for alternating current, and Nikolai Tesla was responsible for direct current. It's the opposite. I was incorrect, and my apologies to the learned academic Brad and all of his fans out in the world, and I hope that someday he will see fit to overlook my glaring, horrible mistake and come back and record with us once again. Again, I apologize to all my fans. I feel that I've let you down, except for Heavy, who took great glee in me being incorrect, as he always does. Well, enough of that. Let's get on to the show. Good evening. I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. And now, meet Harold Reed, Bill Bosley, Donnie Reed, and Lou DeWitt, all in the Marty Robbins spotlight, the fabulous Stadler Brothers. At first glance, these very beautiful, sexy women look like they could grace any cover of a magazine, or maybe they're so beautiful they could win any beauty pageant, or they could be one of Hollywood's hottest actresses. But they say they can't do any of these things because society and the industry discriminates against them. Why? Well, they say you have to see it to believe it. Meet April Lynn Paris. April Lynn is 46F. Next to her is Honey Melons, measuring in at 50 double E. Lyndon Johnson is 55 triple E. And Susie Boobies is a 57 triple F. Kayla Cleavage is a 72 double K. And Tiffany Towers is an 80 triple G. Letha Weapons is an 88 triple H. Now, the numbers these women are holding over their heads are not their ages. It is their bra size, which is the most asked question. And they say they are big-breasted, they're beautiful, and they are proud of it. Now, if you thought... You can applaud, that's perfect. Sure, go ahead. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. I just heard a story from Gustav that would make the best episode of all time, but we will have to keep that behind lock and key. That's in-person content there for you if you ever find us in the wild. Premium. Premium content right there. You know, um, Stephen, our Baltimore fan, although he lives in Texas now, he uh, he's begged us for a live recording, and I don't think we're up for that. I think you could get heavy to show up if you promised him enough hush puppies yes but yeah nobody wants to look at us in person no i'm fine with you know us getting together and talking with people but i you know i edit this a lot yeah and i don't know how the editing would go for a live event because i think you know the guys at ijb when they do a live episode the amount of editing is usually just them sticking their promo spot on at the start right. type thing not 
fixing all of our warts and scars that we have and bleeping out the things that need to be bleeped. This episode is brought to you by Austin Beer Works. Unofficially. Unofficially. This episode is enabled by Austin Beer Works That's and right. Camel Menthol Lights or yes. whatever those are. In fact, appreciate you picking those up. That's I think that's the first pack of cigarettes I've ever bought, and I'm almost 43 years old. <laughs> we broke the seal on broke you tonight. It. It's probably going to be until the next time I have to buy you cigarettes. Be the I only... can't hardly do an episode without a smoke. You do like a smoke with an episode. It's almost like the people that only smoke when they go to the bar. Yep. Pretty much the same. Never have understood that. But then again, I'm not really a bar type person. Did I tell you the story about the time that, uh, you know, I used to go to that country bar over yeah. in, the, in another town that I we had been to drive there. to? I technically, it wasn't really a town. True. It was a, a, a curve and a road. Right. But I used to go over there all the time, you know, in high school with a fake ID. Right. And you would get stamped when you went in with this glow-in-the-dark stamp uh-huh. and i was over there one night with the lawman of course we were both way too inebriated in fact at one point they had a girls only electric slide dance on the dance floor which didn't stop y'all from partaking so we decided to just ease on out there onto the dance floor and nestle up behind behind some fine ladies of which their husbands who were oh my in their mid-40s didn't take too kindly to. And then at one point I ended up on the stage and pretending to play guitar. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> but the worst part of it was I had that fluorescent stamp on my hand. And at some point I had an itch or something and I rubbed my face like right under my nose. Nice. And then, and I, and then I, everybody started making fun of me and jacking with me that my, you know, I had a glow-in-the-dark mustache. So I went to the bathroom and proceeded to scrub with all... I was wearing a like a polo-type shirt. You were always a good dresser. Yeah, I had the painted on Wranglers, you know. And I, I had a like a knit polo shirt, and I, I put some water on it, and I just started scrubbing my lip as hard as I could. How was the cleanliness of that bathroom? It was minimal at best and uh i'd come out and i'd ask my buddies you know is it gone they're like ah you got a little bit left i'd go back in the bathroom scrub some more come back out ah you missed just one little spot went back in and i scrubbed and scrubbed finally come out and they said you know you got it all i mean i was hammered i couldn't feel anything the next morning i woke up and i'd scrubbed all the skin (laughs) off of my upper lip and then that was a Sunday, and then that Monday I had to go to school, and I mean, I had a full-on clown's mouth going. It was terrible. See, I'm so, trying to remember that, because we would have been... Oh, yeah, I mean, we were in the head of the class, I, I, class I at that point. I just don't remember that, but I may have been distracted by other goings-on. But, of course, the lawman and other people that knew what had happened, they gave me hell all day long. But sure. It, it took about... I mean, it scabbed up a little oh. bit. It It took about... It was by the end of that week before it was healed healed up, but it looked ridiculous. Well, this is Can You Hear Me, the podcast of record for scrubbed off bar stamp stories. Hey, now. I am Gustav Monteblanc. I am Ty Webb. And we are still without the one and only Heavy Longmire. Stay hard, Heavy! And you can find us on Twitter. I am at Real Gustav. I'm at Ty Webb 3000 the 
one and only Heavy Longmire is at Longmire Heavy. We know he's y'all's favorite, and we're fine with that. We're okay with that. We understand where we are. It's like, you know, when you got multiple kids in the family, you know who the favorite That's is. That's right. And he's he's the people person. Like we've said a, a million times, he's mayor of the 903. He's lovable. He's he, juicy. He, he's huggable. He's caressable. He'll talk real close to you. You got to watch that. He's got the perfect tan. He likes to be well-scented also. He's got exquisite curls boy i mean it's they're not what they once were because boy, there's not back as many in the day, back in the day when he rocked that semi mullet curl action yes he was and and tan boy, tan semi mullet curl in with a pretty, sharp black pretty, boot with a red stitch pretty good shape that i'll tell you what he had no problem with the ladies he was a good looker back then now he wears that that blazer that he loves, and it's questionable. But anyway, now he just goes with the, I don't give a fuck look. I, he does give a fuck though. You know he's got the turquoise, well, the conchos. When when he's going out, yes, he, he gussies up. Right, but he's still without us. But you can you can still email your favorite heavy memories to us at Can You Hear Me Pod at gmail.com or you can uh, keep track of us on social media wherever we're at although i've been kind of lax this summer keeping up with all our social media yeah you need to get your ass in gear we stay well on twitter and instagram but everything else has been kind of lacking not as many hits on that myspace page boy i haven't gone and touched that myspace page in a long time i think that's where i'm gonna drop my second album Uh, that'll be hot all right we've got some twitter questions oh yeah bring it we got, uh, we got. Thank you, thank you, guys, for sending in questions. Our, our fans. It'd be nice to get a few from the ladies, but you know. Well, we have an email from a lady. Okay. And we'll address that later. But right now, we're going to look at our Twitter. We're going to build up kind of slow here. Okay. Not not to belittle any, but we got some doozies in here. Well, I'm warning you right now. Ain't nothing like a slow burn. You may not want your mom to listen to this latter part when we get going. Okay. But do have her call me. Have her. All right. So let's see. I think we're going to start off with some good stuff from favorite Cody. Bring it. Kind of get the wheels going. Mr. Allen. Dr. Allen. Dr. Allen. What is it like to feel love? Parentheses, asking for a friend. I assume this friend's Brad. It has to has be. To be. What is it like to feel love? I wouldn't know. That's sad. <laughs> you've, lo- you've quote unquote loved so many, but you've never felt love. Next episode, we do our body count. That'll never happen. <laughs> Off air, we can do that, but that's never going to happen. That that strikes a little too close to home. Man, there, I don't want to get all mushy on you. Yeah. But nothing beats love, man. Love to me, and this has been my experience, is having a woman that puts up with my shit. That's huge. And likes most of my jokes. She still thinks she's funnier than I am, and she probably is. But overall, you got yourself a good one. I got me a good one, and uh, you know, we, she, if you and if she, let me just give a shout out to her right now. When Gus finally crosses that line, you know where I'm at. Call me, uh, or if I die in a wreck because I was looking at a girl in a tube top. <laughs> either way, you either know, way, there is a substantial term life policy on me <laughs> you you've bought everything william devane is selling exactly i've got so much gold <laughs> i'm just waiting for that reverse mortgage to kick in 
I don't understand reverse mortgages. God, I, in one word, I'd say avoid. Yes, that that would be the my understanding of them. All right, so Cody's getting us legal the, robbery, getting the ball rolling for <laughs> us here. But he has more, of course. Cody always has more. Let this me is, say one thing before we uh-huh. move on that um, I had a discussion with a friend of mine about this not too long ago. Is that you know we all kind of underestimate or make fun of the puppy love and that kind of things. But let me tell you, the first, your first love or the love you experience when you're really young, junior high, high school or whatever, it makes a mark. And it is, I mean, I know like as parents, you tend to kind of, you know, downplay it or undervalue it when you're talking to your kids or whatever, but you really shouldn't because it, it does make a significant impact. It's meaningful. Yeah. And not only at the time, but that, that stuff stays with well, you. Well, and it's formative. And I know, you know, I've got the three kids and my middle one, he's kind of got a girlfriend. One of which might be mine. Could be. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's having a hard time not seeing her every day like he was in school during the school year. So now it's summer and, you know, they text and stuff like that. And I, I, I'll hear him talking to her, you know, or see him out walking around in the backyard oh, yeah. talking. And yeah, it's, I don't, I don't belittle it at all. In fact, I have to get on to his dumbass brother for giving him grief about Jacking it. with him. Yeah. And so it's, I agree. It's a very important thing. And it, and you're right. We as general and as a society have gotten to where we really downplay it and kind of, I don't belittle it, but it's something that's, it really shapes you for who you are. Man, I remember burning up hour after hour on that telephone in high school. Well, you were, you were, you were much more the ladies man than I was because you're out there dating with your $140 and going back to (laughs) our second episode, which is still one of my favorite stories. If you go back and listen to that episode, it's one of the best. I love it. It's a Thai centric episode. I apologize that the audio quality is not as good as it is now. Not we're the best, but things were much raw back then, but it's a great story. It was one of the highlights of my life. It's so good. I, if that story is not included in my obit, somebody messed up. Ernesto Bloom, our, the official painter of Can You Hear Me, <laughs> has expressed an interest that he wishes he could paint that scene of the tow truck driver God. or locksmith or whatever you know technical it was. It's hard to remember another time in my life where I went from feeling so high and so confident to so defeated. Yeah. All in a matter of about an hour. You're so vulnerable at that age oh, to and be I, able to, to go from the top to the bottom. And luckily, I was so anxious to bring everything I had with me because that's the only thing that kept that from being even worse. No, you saved the day with your life savings and, and cash. now, look at what's happened to that young woman after that experience. Yeah, we won't go into the detail on that on the air, but that's... <laughs> it has not gone well. It's not gone exactly well. So Cody asked us, and this is an interesting one, and I'd have to think about it more, but what is the most scared you have been that you're comfortable discussing? Okay, I I think I know mine right off the bat, at least the, the one that I, I can share on air. One time I went deer hunting with one of my buddies out, we're bow hunting out off Caddo Lake. Right. And I was in college, and it, there was a little stretch over there around Caddo that was public land that you could hunt on. And he had found out about it. He was a, man, he was the most backwoods guy I've ever known, still is. 
I mean, God, his backstory would be a whole episode. Makes Heavy look like a city boy. By far. Right. I mean, this guy was an overalls, no shoes kind of guy. He and I got to be good friends, and he knew about this spot off of Caddo that where we could go deer hunt. And so we went out there. It was an afternoon hunt, and luckily, I mean, it, it saved me. We took walkie-talkie so we could talk to each other. Which were not common back then. I mean, they, they no. were around, but it wasn't like they were they are now where you just buy them. No, and he was that combination of super backwoods, super redneck, but for reasons I won't go into, had a lot of money too, mm-hmm. but you'd never know it. And so he had some nice walkie-talkies. I mean, that'd been far outside my price range at that time. But he, we both had walkie-talkies, so when we were done hunting, because we went to, we took a little john boat out off of this little stretch of caddo and banked it and then we both walked off in our own directions to hunt and i had never hunted out there so he kind of knew where he was going to go to hunt but i went in an opposite direction and just walked and walked way out there in the middle of nowhere set up a spot to hunt and we had walkie talkies because when when it got close to dark that way we could talk to each other about a place to meet up right because i mean <clears throat> it would have been all i could do to find the there's a little there's a river kind of like a semi-river that offshoots off of Caddo Lake. Well, there's a bunch of them, but where we, that's where we went to and docked the boat and everything and then walked out into. So it would have been all I could do to just find my way back to the water. Mm-hmm. But we had walkie-talkies so we could talk to each other and find each other when it was over and then hook up, get back on the boat, go back to the truck. Well, we hunted for a while. It got dark and... I tried to talk to him on the walkie-talkie, didn't get any response, and I'm like, well, hell, I'll just walk back. I kind of know the general direction of where the water is. I'll just walk back that direction, then try to get a hold of him, you know, holler for him if I need to, shine my flashlight, you know, try to find each other. Well, I turned on my flashlight and nothing. No batteries. I had batteries in there. <laughs> dead. They'd gone dead. Yeah. And I was probably about a maybe a mile or so, a mile or not quite a mile into the woods right. off of the river at that point. Flashlight didn't work. Turning dark. I don't know if you've ever been out there to Caddo, but I mean, I have not. No, all any kind of wildlife you can think because most of it is preserved. Right. So there's everything out there. Everything is out there. You know, gators, all kinds of stuff, and it's real. Where I'm at is really marshy. Okay, so you're. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's off the water and it's, you know, it's timbered and everything, but it's really marshy. Right. And don't hear from him. Flashlight doesn't work. As you can imagine out there in a matter of about 15 minutes. It's dark. It's so dark. There's no moon out. It's so dark. You literally can't, like I've got on my bow, my sights have got a glow in the dark thing Mm -hmm. on there and I can barely see that. I can't see, you know, a foot in front of me. And I am semi-panicking. Well, I mean, the first few minutes I was, you know, I hollered for him, nothing. Tried the walkie-talkie, nothing. So I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I think I know the direction of the water, but I'll, you know, no one else is out here. I'll try to walk back that direction. I'm hearing all kinds of stuff moving around me. It's marshy. I'm worried about a gator. You know, it's, so I walk for about 15 minutes and then I just kind of stop and I'm like, it's going to be more dangerous for me to walk through this stuff than to just find. I'm now I'm thinking, and there's not many trees out there that are climbing trees, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to think of a spot I can get to to where I can get high enough to be, right. you know, out of bite range. And I sat out there for about 
20, 30 minutes, and I finally got a return from him on the walkie-talkie. Try to explain to him where I'm at. He doesn't really get it. He doesn't, you know, he can't find me. He says that he's going to go back to, he's going to get in the boat. He's gone back to the water. He's going to get in the boat, go back to the truck. He's got a spotlight. Okay. He's going to come back out there and find me. Well, long story short, I sat out there for about an hour waiting on him to get close enough to where I could see the light, walk towards him. And man, I swear that hour, I felt like I heard every possible, every possible dangerous creature you could think of was within three feet of me as far as I could tell. Your mind is just racing at that point. I mean, I'm thinking there's a panther at my foot. There's an alligator two feet away. Snakes in the tree. Snakes everywhere. It was just the start of fall, so it was still hot. Right. So snakes were still active. I mean, it was, and so, I mean, I just sat, that sitting and waiting Mm -hmm. for about an hour was, it was downright scary. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been lost like that. Now, and I think I talked about it on a previous episode when I was young, had been up at the scout camp up in in somewhere in Oklahoma, up in the mountains up there. And in the land of the ghost woman? I had, Yes, the land of the ghost woman. I'd wandered off. It was just me and my dad up there, and he was working on a project. Didn't need my help for what he was doing. As usual. And, yeah. And so... I wander off and I swim across the river because I never had been on that side of that particular part. Yeah. And I climb up over a ridge and I I knew that there was a structure over there because you could see it in the fall time of the ghost woman. And, but I knew something was over there. I just didn't know what. And it turns out there's a whole compound. Uh Uh-oh. And it's abandoned or it's uninhabited at the time, I should say. Or at least luckily I didn't see anybody, but there's... Like an old bus, and mm. there's a couple of little ramshackle cabins and stuff, and some people have been shooting stuff. You could tell that, which that's not uncommon, but still, you know, it's obviously these weren't, you know, kumbaya singers here. Super tramples out there. Very, very, I, I knew that I didn't want to be here if anybody was there. Right. But instead of turning around. You would not have been welcomed. No, I keep walking. And mm. I walk down this road and finally get to a locked gate. And I know that when I told this story, Heavy had one that was even more harrowing because he ran into somebody that was ready to shoot him. But I think that was the most unsafe I'd felt. Like if something happens, nobody's ever going to find me type thing. Well, that does remind me of I did have some times in high school, and I think we've talked about this on previous episodes to where I was out there at that lake encampment. Yes. To where there was supposedly (laughs) some devil worshiping and sacrificing and all that stuff going on. And I I did one, I I did go out there a few times at night with some buddies. And I think I told one of the stories on air with the guy in the van. Right. And there were several times out there in that location that scared the holy hell out of me. Yeah, there was one night that Heavy and I were together on a camp out and we saw something white out in the woods, like somebody wearing a robe. I don't know if that was, I don't, I've heard that there were no devil worshipers in hindsight. Now, I don't know that that's not true. I mean, we were during the satanic scare, so I do think it was probably just all hype, but there certainly could have been clan out there too. But man, don't, wasn't that place, I mean, I know all of us, including heavy RIP, are obsessed with Southern goth and noir, and that, setting was as southern goth and noir as you get yeah you I mean, can't you, you can't could do write better. a novel 
about that place. It was so scary. You could ha- uh the people that made S Town could do a hit podcast about I just mean, I, that. I went into one of those cabins one time with a buddy of mine that and it was in the middle of the day and there was stuff written on the walls inside of one of those that looked like it was written in blood. Right. And I mean, you know, the whole reason we went out there was because some of those stories. Oh you yeah, know? it was a it was a it, moth to the flame. Yeah. And man, I I don't know if I've ever gotten as eerie of a feeling as I've gotten the times that I've gone out there. Sure. That place was, and I know Heavy's told the story, I think, of seeing the smoke yep. out there that went straight up in a windy day and that kind of thing. That that place felt haunted. And I've talked about how the the pine trees grew bent in some spots. Yes. That's yeah. also the place where, and I think Heavy's told this story, where me and Heavy... And the lawman went duck hunting, and it was freezing cold. And heavy st- stepped in a beaver run, and went. I mean, it was co- it was. I mean, it was bare ass cold. I mean, it felt like about ten degrees. And he's, you know, we were out there hunting in one of those sloughs that right. was full of water. And he he stepped in one of those beaver runs and went to his neck just about and filled up his waders with water. And that's about as cold as I've ever seen a human being get. And stripped off those clothes so fast. You never seen heavy move so fast. <laughs> that place was just, there was nothing good that came out of that place, but it was beautiful, beautiful setting, but scary as hell. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, the prettiest places around. Doesn't even look like it belongs where we're from. Maybe that's where we ought to do our first live event. Is it even open anymore? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. All right. I'm sure if we thought we could come up with even more, but I think that's a good uh, turn spot as we head into the ditch. Bring it. So we mentioned Stephen from Baltimore, and he gives Speaking us- of Baltimore, I just finished binging The Wire, the entire series. You got through the whole series because I'm still stuck. I hadn't finished- uh, It took me about six weeks. It's a long haul. But man, it lived up to the hype. I mean, I want to watch it again now. It's you know, so that's, good. That's what I've heard. The people that have made it all the way through, they go back. It's a slow burn, but I promise you it's worth it. So much quality. I need to I need to get off my ass and get to it. Have your wife bring home the cash. Yeah. Before I go into this, you know, she watches a lot more TV than I do because as we've talked about it, I don't relax well. You know, I can't sit and watch TV. So when I do, I generally watch stuff with her, but there are things that she watches that I do not watch, you know. Bachelor. But I know, like Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and shit like that. But we Old started. Fantasy Island reruns. If I, okay, you, you drew me off sides. <laughs> I went back and watched what I think is the first Fantasy Island. I'm so scared to go back because I'm afraid they won't hold up. Well, hold up because I think you've. We'll find that they do. So oh, number one, good to hear. for the, the younger folks out there, Fantasy Island was on Saturday nights, came on after the Love Boat on ABC. So great. Which draws you in. So Love Boat, it's exciting and new. Come aboard. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 pure bubble gum, feel good. Everything ties. Uh, yeah. All coked up. Boy, that cocaine situation just amped up. So Everything always ends perfect. You're feeling good. You just watched an hour of Captain Steubing and Gopher and Isaac. It's great. So much Steubing. Then Fantasy Island comes on. So Fantasy Island. Perfectly dark. It's so damn dark. You And it's it's quasi-supernatural. Because how does Mr. Rourke pull all this shit off? God. It people, was magical. People are paying exorbitant fees for this. 
my anticipation every week when that came on was palpable. Because some episodes left you hiding behind the couch. Oh, you know, I, I mean, like we talked about off air when we were outside smoking earlier, the uh, the amount of things that we watched as kids is just incredible. You watched way more adult oriented things oh. than my kids today watch. Just yeah. because part of that's just because they have they can watch some shitty Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Yeah, I mean, instead, of the, instead show. of the Wiggles, we were watching Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Exactly. And Falcon I, Crest. And Falcon Crest. I went back and watched, I think was the first episode of Fantasy Island. Oh. And one of the scenarios, I can't even remember what the other one was, because this one was like so shocking. With that fine Corinthian leather? Yes, Cordoba. Or was it Cordoba or Corinthian? Corinthian. Anyway, um, it involves maybe like some cheerleaders getting raped, and then one of them coming back to try and kill all the other ones on the island. <sighs> And I'm like, how the fuck did this even go down? But Mr. Ork is, you know, behind all this. Oh, yeah. Mastermind. It was so heavy. I mean, it's like. I have a wash tub that I found a grate for, and I just put charcoal in the bottom of it. Not not heavy, heavy, but it was such a, a hardcore scenario. And I'm like, this is 1979 Saturday night. Wow. I don't remember this. Going back to our discussion last episode about. The bisexuality that was in the Jonestown tragedy that I didn't pick up on then, I didn't pick up on this either, you know? Well, there was such a wonderful juxtaposition of Mr. Rourke being this, you know, on one hand, very ingratiating, um, father-like figure in this white suit, which would, you know, suggest that him being a good guy and everything, but so much dark undertones to well, that he show would, he you know he's like he was willing to do whatever he's very much an old testament jehovah yes because he will punish you on occasion now some of the episodes or some of the vignettes would be totally you know very saccharine you know they're like, oh yep. you know you're getting to go back to your childhood or whatever and you know fix something but some of them he's really pushing you and punishing you Ultimately, you're going to have some level of salvation at the end, but it's very, there's a wrath of God in some of those episodes. There was a wonderful, magical uncomfortableness about every episode. Now, do you remember? You could never settle in. No. Do you remember later seasons, Roddy McDowell, on a couple of occasions, I think a couple of occasions, at least one, Hmm. played the devil or some variation of the devil in a black suit? That did battle with Rourke. Man, I do not. So I'm going to have to dig and try to find these. But Roddy McDowell Roddy or Malcolm McDowell? McDowell? Roddy McDowell. No, I do not remember that. Of the great planet of the apes. I'm sure if I saw it, it would bring it, rush it all back. But and maybe I'm misremembering. That. But I want to say that he was in a black suit and Rourke and him did some type of spiritual battle. I, that, uh, that is ringing a bell. I don't remember the... It being Roddy McDowell, but I remember there being a, a devil-like, black-suited figure that Rourke had to battle against. And that also reminds me of an episode. Now, you know, I was a geeky kid, still a geeky adult, but there was an episode of Battlestar Galactica, about the same time frame, where they run into basically maybe like a... Cor- no, that's Buck Rogers. Oh, yeah. Shit. But they run into a devil-like figure played by Patrick McNee from the Avengers TV show. Did I see... Who... 
Man, because I always get Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica mixed up. Who was on Battlestar Galactica? Battlestar Galactica had Lauren Green as Commander okay, Adama. Okay, okay, yeah. And uh, Dirk Benedict, later of uh, A-Team fame, at Starbuck. And, um, Richard Hatch, R.I.P. Okay. All right, I'm with you. Because and, and a Buck bunch Rogers of hot had... Uh, Aaron Gray and Gil Gerard. Aaron Gray is really as far as you need to go. I know. And I'm hoping that Ernesto Bloom is going to do an Aaron Gray someday. Uh-huh. Aaron Gray on Silver Spoons is the goat. No, she's the goat on Buck Rogers. Well, she's wonderful on Buck Rogers. No, you got it backwards. Because Buck Rogers, she's got the tight outfits, the jumpsuits. True. But on Silver Spoons... She was in a more realistic environment, therefore she seemed more accessible. A realistic environment with a train running around a mansion? Well, at least it was in a setting that I felt like I could walk into. I was more likely I to... I wasn't walking into no fucking battleship. Well, I would... Her hair's better in Buck Rogers. Well, yeah. Fully feathered. The jumpsuits are better. Oh, man. I loved her. She's still around. I saw her do a commercial, and I was kind of like, oh... I mean, I'm like, I'm glad she's making a buck, but I was kind of... She uh, was a top fiver growing up. Absolutely. I She would go up with the WKRP girls for me. She had maybe the best smile on TV history. Oh, yeah. Just, she might have she yeah. had extra teeth. I don't know. Lit up the world. All right, so let's get to Stevens. That jumpsuit belongs in the Smithsonian. That jumpsuit. Whew, all of them. And, hey, Gil Gerard. Also fully quaffed. That's a hairy man. Mm. You know, so... We've established that I am hairy like the uh, sadder episodes of Buck Rogers where they go onto the planet that there's a virus that turns them into like a a goat-legged man. That's how hairy I am. I'm not hairy above, but, you know, I mean, I have some, but not overly hairy. How hairy were the 70s and 80s? And we may have discussed this before. That was the peak of hairiness. I mean, Sam Elliott, Mark Spitz, Tom Selleck. I mean, the BGs alone. Sure. Set the standard for hair. And now I'm feeling if you rocked out with... Selleck? There's now, no, I mean, we're working into early 80s now, yeah, but, but it, Selleck it, was... He was the alpha. Yeah. And I don't think that that would go now. and Barry now. Gibb were the alphas. Barry Gibb. <sighs> anyway, let's get to Steven's tweet because it's a doozy. Bring it. He says, Mary fuck kill John Wayne, Marty Robbins, and Wilford Brimley. Please also rank the top five all-you-can-eat catfish joints in the 903. We need, let's postpone that second part because there's no way that we can do that without Heavy. No. Because Heavy, I mean, Heavy has an entire dissertation on hush puppies. Right. Now, I do know that Stephen, in talking with him when I've met him, his wife is actually from the town where David Baird has his actual real restaurant, not the Catfish King franchises i mean my two i will say not to go too far into it but my two favorite catfish places growing up were the one that we had to travel to out of town yep with our parents where they would we would sit we'd have to sit and wait for 45 minutes to get a table we they had that incredible green tomato relish i hate their hush puppies their hush puppies were trash but their catfish and that relish was worth the trip stuff and we always went with like you know, our parents would get together with like three other couples, bring right. all the kids. It was it was a night on the town. Yeah, it was a big deal to go to that place. But then as I got older, my favorite catfish place was that one right out there on the river. Yeah. That no longer exists, R.I.P., but 
You could get all you can eat. It was quality, which a lot of times you don't get with all you can eat. No. It was cheap, which is probably why they're not in business anymore. Probably. But, oh, and they had those little club crackers. You could, oh, I love the mm, club cracker. Wear those sons of bitches Man, out. I, I, I genuinely, absolutely love the club cracker. If you douse the club cracker with Tabasco and then dip it in a tartar, it it hardly gets better than that. See, I'm going to go... Or just straight butter. I See, I like it with some Italian dressing. Also good. That's, you talking creamy or are you talking zesty? I'll take it either. And, I mean, let's not Whatever sell... Whatever I can get. Let's not sell the Club Cracker short. By itself, stands up. Stands up. I also like it with a little bit of French dressing or Russian dressing or even Thousand Island. We need to get Chef Rob... Next time we roll over there to bust us out some damn club crackers. I tell you what. Or some oyster crackers, which are also on point. I tell you what. When season. Next time we go, we'll just take our own box of club crackers. How 903 will that be? Do you hear us, Rob? We're coming into your joint with our own fucking club crackers. We, so we need to go. We got to go. Man, that. Well, I know we don't want to get off topic, but that meal still resonates. It's still the best meal I've ever had. Rob, you're a fucking genius. And he posted some picture of something the other day. I don't know what it was. It looked fucking good, and it had jalapeno slices on it, and I felt like he was calling out across the cosmos to me to come, tell me to come eat this. I'm still feeling those oysters in my loins. You have been horny ever since. It's I wanna, been a good seven months now. And it's so hard to do because the seafood is so amazing, but I've got to try that fucking burger, too. I heard that burger is on point. I swung by there a few months ago to drop off a shirt to him, and I, you know, I found him out back, and so I didn't want to go to the front. And he, but I, one of his guys was out back. I'm like, hey, and he's like, oh yeah, he's right there. So I got him, but I was like, I've come this close. I'm that, mm. you know, spitting distance, and I didn't get any of it. I had to go on. It's a shame that hurts. And next time we show up, we promise we won't stir up a kitchen fight. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know why Heavy had to do that. What he did. Well, you know, he gets. Can't gets, take him anywhere. He gets pretty fucking intense about his butter supply. All right. We've addressed the, the catfish piece. Okay. We will come back to that at a Let's later date MFK. if Heavy ever comes back. MFK, John Wayne, Marty Robbins, and Wilford Brimley. So well, I, mean, I think I think we can both agree that because of his overratedness, we're going to have to kill John Wayne. Oh, my gosh. You just caused Travis to have a conniption. Look, John Wayne is fine. Man who shot Liberty Valance is exceptional, but you can't compare him to Eastwood to start with. And between these three, I think he's got to go just because of the overratedness factor. Wonderful, yes. Overrated, yes. See, this is a hard one for me, okay? Because if you kill John Wayne, that leaves us with Marty Robbins and Wilford fucking Brimley. Well, but to Wilford, fuck or kill. Yeah, let's start with Brimley. He's he's got a supple quality about him that I think you might want to caress. I watched The Natural the other day. So great. It's so great. And you know, look, I hate baseball. There I said it. I've That's said a, it before, I'll say it again. It's a bold statement. But I will watch The Natural. Oh, and the book. Have you ever read the book? I haven't read the book. That the book, I mean, and the movie both are incredible. I'm too far behind on books. You know, I keep buying books as I want to do. Me and you have that same disease yeah. where I've got a hundred books on my list, and I, the problem I have too is that I I'll start more than one at the same yes. time, and that is a bad fucking idea. But 
I've got way too many books. I can't help but keep buying them. I've got a list to read and I can't keep my mind off the ones I want to read that distracts me from the ones I'm actually reading. It's it's a disease. So uh, addressing books right now, I want to give a sh- couple of shout outs that we've been wanting to do. So good guy, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Brought me. Matt will forever be in our Hall of Fame for giving us that fucking video. Traveling down, traveling down a dusty road. Yeah, he is. He is top. He is. He is on the Mount Rushmore. He's in the Ring of Honor. He's in the Can You Hear Me Ring of Honor for that. For that alone. Well, he earned a hundred (laughs) dollars. He damn sure did. He earned it. That wasn't just a giveaway. He earned a hundred dollars from me. But he's such a damn good dude. He's yeah. He's he went and bought me Foxfire Two, the volume of the Foxfire books I was missing. Oh, that's right. You tweeted a picture, right? Right. That's amazing. Is that? That's he awesome. also gave us some, and I forgot to bring in, I apologize, and going back to the last episode about Powers Booth, he brought us, because uh, he wants to make us feel bad and fear the nuclear war again, the day after, Red oh. Dawn, and I want to say... Um, uh, That's nostalgia right there. The other one, the Testament, I think the one where the mom has to deal with the war after when her kids... Anyway, he, he burned his copies of those. So great. But he's a good dude. Did Super you see, uh, did you see Dark Knight of the Scarecrow growing up? Boy, that sounds familiar. Dude, we were having a Twitter discussion months back uh, about scary movies. That might be, and it was a TV movie. Right. But that might be the scariest movie of my youth. All right. Hold on. Sorry. Well, and I will, I need to bar. go, I need to go find that. Otherwise, Professor Brad also gave you and I a couple of history books to read. Yes. I got that book you sent me, Brad. I will get right on it. So he gave me one about the Boer War in South Africa, you know, furthering my African obsession that I'm on here the last couple of years. So anyway. Did you finish that Red China book? I hadn't finished it yet. Okay. But it's getting, it's getting, I'm hoping maybe to do a a City of Gustav sometime about the Cultural Revolution. And it's getting to kind of where things are starting to roll. It's still kind of dry, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting term because it's interviews with a guy that was, firsthand with the cultural revolution part of it. Yeah. And then a couple of scholars that have been interviewing. So they're, it's intermeshed, you know, they're given their perspective and nice. he's given his interview. So, but I hadn't finished yet. It's very dry. All right. So anyway, so back to Wilford Brimley, who was way old at a too young of an age. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe looking back, I think we've had this discussion before, but he was like our age in cocoon. Close to it. He which was, is, Unreal. He was older than Brian Dennehy in Cocoon. That that's amazing. I that's, mean, when I saw Cocoon, I don't know why I just said Cocoon weird, but Cocoon. cocoon. Um, speaking of Cocoon, Carrie Coon. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need. I just need a moment before you. Oh, coon. I'm going to ruin your Cocoon moment. So I was listening to a recent episode. If you're of listening, te- Carrie. I love you. Of Tell Me Where to Turn, and Point Break Dave was making a point where he was trying to say Cocoon. Smiley days, smiley point break, Dave. But he was smiling so hard. We got to have him and Ryan do a smile off. Uh, that's that's a genius idea, Ryan from we Below the tickets. Belt, smile talker extraordinaire versus what I think may be even e- an even smilier talker, point break, Dave from I'm Tell telling Me Where to Turn. You, we pay per view that right now. We can retire. So he said cocoon, but he was smile talking so hard it just sounded like he said coon. Uh oh. He was telling. He was telling Glenn to get a tattoo of a coon. Cocoon is what he meant, but 
Well, I remember playing the Frisco Coons in high school the in football. Coons. Yeah, that were that's just when they were the straight up Coons. That's before they went all PC and went raccoon. Right. They were. I mean, to which our good friend and former history teacher slash coach came out to practice with a coon hat on and said, "Y'all ready to get them Coons?" It wasn't a lot of PC back in Not the eighties. Not a lot of PC. Sorry, we're. We're diving. We're, yeah. we're uh, typical rabbit trail. The other day, when I recorded with Brad, he was worried that we were going off. That's I'm like that's our special. What we do. That's why you people listen to us. I think. I think you've got it. So I'm I'm going with Kill Johnny. Okay. I'm going to lay the wood to Wilford. Okay. Because he's got wonderful hips, and I'm going to marry Marty because he's salt of the earth. He's an artistic genius. I feel like we can have some really good conversation. He's a happy man. He's a happy man. He's got a yeah, he's got a great demeanor. He's also got wonderful hands. And I feel like that we would make a good couple. I am not gonna disagree with you on your entire ordering. In fact That means you're right. Exactly. I you know, early Marty Robbins, that's okay. But man, I love mustachio oh. crazy headed end of the road marty robbins that's the best oh man like full on caballero yes marty robbins and you know he had a show yes and there's a clip that i watched because i love the statler brothers <laughs> Mark. and so in this okay so where do you fall statler versus oakridge statlers win every time every time now but wait i want to say that- <laughs> The deep singers look just like Fuzzy Zeller. Right. Now, I like the Statlers before, uh, and I can't remember his name, and this hurts me that I can't think of it off the top of my head, but one of their guys had a heart condition, and he had to retire. And then we get that He's probably living off bacon. Well, yeah, (laughs) bacon and smokes. But they bring on a guy that looks like he ought to be on like a a Jimmy Swaggart special. (laughs) He's the replacement guy. And he's been with them longer now. You know, than yeah. the uh, first guy was, but I'm pre the, you know, I'm pre like 1984 Statlers. Right. But there's a there's classic a, Statler. There's an episode where the Statlers are on with Marty Robbins and they're just picking and grinning and laughing. And it is oh, it's so wonderful. It warms I, my heart. It's I need makes, to check that out. It's great. Because I love both of those. But yes, we're going to kill John Wayne. We're going to fuck Wilford Brimley. And we're going to marry Marty Robbins. Yes. So now a, we're talking. That is a great hypothetical, Stephen. Thank, Thank you, you, Stephen. I always wonder if Stephen prefers to be Steve or Stephen. Yeah, because with Stephen, there's so many, you know, different ways you can go with that. Right. You can go Steve. You can go Stevie. Steve-O. Steve-O. Steve-Areno. Stephen with a V. Stephen with a PH. Yes. It's a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Very versatile, that Stephen. We got sidetracked. Imagine that. What I, don't I was even talking about we me and Go- me and Mrs. Gustav watching TV, and we got on a Fantasy Island talk. So we've been watching Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix. So I original. have not heard of that. Stars Timothy Oliphant and Drew hey. Barrymore, and people have remarked before that you and Timothy Oliphant bear a resemblance. I mean, I—that's very flattering. I don't see that at all. Well, if you saw this show, yeah. It's like I'm watching Ty. Look out. Although I do need to check out. That reminds me that I've been told by several people 
that I need to watch Justified. I've never gotten into that, and I've been told the same thing. I've heard it's good. I mean, it's got Timothy Oliphant, who's always fantastic. He was great in Deadwood. It's got Shane from The Wire. Right. So, I mean, it's got to be good. Yeah, we need to we need to dive into that. And I, it, I'm still I waiting on my royalty. There was a writer that's a P1 from yeah. Ticket that yeah. drops in Easter eggs there. That's right. Names people after uh, Ticket personalities. Yes. But yes. Check out that Santa Clarita die. It's funny. Okay. Also, I, I've enjoyed it so far, but the character is very... Very tie? Very... Well, I mean, sometimes, yeah. It's not exactly, but the look... The look? The look is... If mm. you were... You know, you're not quite as tall as he is, but... No, he's a tall guy. It's a... Uh, it's tie. Okay. Now right. I'm interested. Now here's for the thermonuclear war of the episode. The war games. Such a damn good movie. Don't you think of our youth, it's got to be a top 10? Oh, yeah. And we saw that one at, at our beloved theater. And the way he said Joshua just resonated. It made me want to get a cradle modem to put the phone in. I thought Broderick, between that and Ferris Bueller, that's all Broderick needed to do for his whole career for me. He was never going to eclipse that. All right. Let's see here. And this is from, let me find it real quick. And this is a doozy. I bet there were a lot of giant floppies sold just because of that movie. No doubt. That ushered in the computer revolution because of a bunch of us dumb kids wanting to hack into the government. That was the precursor to Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, it was, I think. The great Dabney Coleman. He's still alive, too. Let's get him on the show. I don't know why we haven't. Better go ahead and just yank him all. Going back to Powers Booth, because I can't get him. I thought about trying to get him as a guest. I don't know what the hell. I mean, not in person, Booth? obviously. Yeah, I mean, oh he's dead gosh. now. But like if we did I'm a looking Skype. at him. Yeah, I mean, that, that art from Ernesto Bloom is staring at us. Dude, if I met Dabney Coleman, I would whip his ass so bad. Oh, uh, I would start with nine to five, and it would be hot to try. And I'd spend an hour Bill. on the man with one red shoe. Oh, yeah. We watched that at the end. It holds up. Carrie Fisher's so hot in that Tarzan bikini. That also has the great Charles Durning. Yes. Who was at one point like a badass boxer. And uh, like I think a, he fought in like Madison Square Garden at one point. And a badass Marine too. Yeah. He was just a straight badass. And, and then, you know, we get him and he's just this lovable, lovable, you know. He was also great in one of my favorite movies, Call Me Megan, Tootsie. Yeah. I, I told, look, when I was with her. I told Megan that you were... If she does a Tootsie episode without me, I'm going to stand outside their house with a sandwich board protesting. So I think, and, you know, she's a lot younger than us. Yeah. There is a a gap of movies there that I don't think she has dabbled into. Not only did Tootsie have the great Charles Durning, but it also had one of my favorite actors of all time, Michael Keaton. Oh, he's great. But Megan would like to come on with us sometime. Hey, we'd always appreciate that. I did warn her. You're always un- welcome. Under normal conditions, we record in Heavy's garage, so she might want to wait out till summer. Yeah. Because even it's hot for us. I haven't minded coming to the palatial web manor yeah. driving for that. I've been okay, but that's a long way for the... for the. And I'd let her cross the moat. Would you? Yeah, she's good. All right, let's drop this bomb from Rusty Krieger. Like Gap Band style? Drop the bomb on me. Remember that poster at the skating rink? I thought the Gap Band was the were the coolest people on the planet when I was in about seventh grade. Oh, I and guess, I still do, really. I think I think we thought that like in when we were in third grade. 
Well, and um, what's his name? Uh, Charlie Wilson, who's yeah. in the Gap Band. He's still touring, and he's still got it. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Wonderful music to throw on when you got the lady over. Well, speaking of ladies. Hello. What is your take on nipples? Are puffy nips a deal breaker and only regular ones? Or as anything goes, can I stop you before you go on? Yes. Because as I was driving, before I put out the call for Twitter questions, I was thinking about nipples. Shocker. As I drove down the highway. But here's what I was thinking. Is it any different than any other day? No, but this was a different thing. So I'm thinking, here we are in our society. We are an anti-topless woman society. Right. We've progressed, so now, to speak. if we weren't an anti-topless society where women could freely free the nip. Which, I mean, you should. Would women use cosmetics on their nips? You mean like a rouge? Well, you know, would we have, just like we have lipstick, would we have nipple stick? Nipstick? Possible. Also, I was thinking about an episode of a very obscure British comedy show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Okay. I'll have to... Not aware of that one. I'm sure... I love British comedy, though. Apex Cody is probably the only person that knows this oh, show. He, he just prairie-dogged up when you said that. But they, it's a it's a fake horror tv show okay and it's made intentionally bad but they had an episode how about they, greg well they have an episode where they fight scotsman bailey they fight scotsman they're coming but another episode some type of meteor or something from outer space causes a woman to start to turn into a broccoli okay so she starts turning green i can and see that got that. me thinking about green nipples mm-hmm and maybe I saw Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy a couple of weeks ago, and maybe I was thinking about green nipples on that girl. That was good. But um, I got to thinking, you know, what would happen? Would women begin to use cosmetics on their nipples? Because, you know, sometimes over the course of a woman's life, nipple color and nipple appearance may change due to hormones sure, and pregnancy. Sure. You know, you may end up getting the big dark nipples or the pancake nipple, pancake areola there. Right. But... To Rusty's question, I just wanted to give you, I was already thinking this before Rusty, so maybe there was like a cosmic bond going out there where I'm sending out the vibe. Maybe. Ask nipples. Ask. Maybe. I mean, I I feel like I'm pretty inclusive on the nipple. Yeah, I'm... I mean, I, you know, I'm not even above fighting through the long stray hair. I'm certainly not a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's never stopped. But it's... I feel like it, as long as that is taken care of, then we're good to go. But honestly, even if it's not, it's not a deal breaker. It's not preferred, but it's not a deal breaker. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, if you've run into that, like let's say something happened and your lady friend had not had a chance because maybe she wasn't expecting to uh, go into some type of situation and she hadn't been doing any maintenance on the old uh, gals, right. no tweezing. Yeah, that's how I Don't wonder you, if that's any, ever stop, actually stopped anybody. I mean, I'm sure it may have caused a pause, and it may have been something that somebody certainly didn't, you know. Well, I mean, I'll drive right through that roadblock. Yeah, although maybe there's a level that you wouldn't. Like, looking at both of us have fairly hairy arms. What if we ran into a breast that had our level of arm hair on it? Would that stop you? I mean, because that's getting into, like, werewolf level. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because I've never encountered that degree, but uh, I, I could probably plow through just I, about I anything. I think I probably could. It. Tell me if you think this is true. 
it seems like that, especially going from the 70s to the 80s to now, that we see far less of the giant disc nipple than we used to. I agree. Don't you think that circumference has been reduced over time? There's that, and there's also the general puffiness. Like if you oh, looked at, yeah. if you yeah. looked at the the Playboy Playmates, well, a lot of that has just come with natural too versus you know enhanced. Yeah, but like in the '60s, the Playmates often had some type of puffy nipple, of course. And then now you just don't see it as much. And I say, bring back the puffy nipple. I, I say, bring back the puffy nipple. Bring back the cone bra. Oh, of course, bring back the cone. I bra. I want it to look like. A B-52 coming at me in a tight sweater. I want to be excited, stimulated, and semi-scared. Yeah. I think that's that's what made 1950s, 1960s America great. That's right. And, I mean, I think we've both talked about this before, that at least I, and I think, I don't remember your take on this. I've got no problem with the enhancement as long as it doesn't get out of control, but I'm also extremely nostalgic for the natural. Yeah. I, you know, I've never personally spent any time short of waving a dollar at anything enhanced. So I don't have a frame of reference to say I'm 100% okay. But in general, yeah, I don't have a problem with them. Now, I do get distracted at times when you'll see, and this goes for both enhancement as far as going upsize, but also going downsize. Sure. That the scarring if they have to reattach the the areola right and you'll have the it looks like a, a jagged scar like on a the like underscar just, well not the underscar can look you know that's that's acceptable but when you get the it looks like they cut the areola off with the jagged edge oh, of a okay. tin can yeah kind of the bottle cap scar yeah that's a little bit distracting but overall i think as long as you keep the if you don't go crazy right did i ever tell the story about honey melons I don't think so. Do you wish like a girlfriend of yours? No, she was a semi-famous stripper slash porn star of the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. And I was going to school out at Texas Tech out in Lubbock. Guns up. And I was working on the southeast side of town, which was not the best side of town, at a United supermarket. Hey, now. And our client. Yes. Bagging. Our clientele was not the best socioeconomic side. Okay. And strippers. Because the few strip clubs in that region A lot at the of time, overlap between those two. Yes. Were on that side of town or outside of town just past. And one night, I'd stopped by to pick up my paycheck. Wasn't working. Because yeah, that place is not doing direct deposit. No. No. This is, well, this is a long time ago, too. And I'm in the little office, which was just a, a walled enclosure. It was open aired. So, like yeah. this, you know, it was like a 14 foot ceiling and the, this little office just had eight foot walls. Right. And it had two, uh, one way mirror glass around it. And I'm sitting there getting my check from one of the assistant managers. And all of a sudden he freaks out and gets up and runs out the door. <laughs> And knocks uh, one of the like fourteen year old sackers out of the way Damn. to start helping Honey Melons. Oh, okay. And she she's, spotted that she's this blonde bombshell, Morgana style. Morgana style. She's okay. wearing a one piece lycra unitard thing. Okay, holding these giant like 
Triple H jugs, and she's wearing a satin jacket of the era. Sure. With we all had one. Embroidered on the back in uh, uh, a lilting style, handwritten style, <laughs> honey melons. <laughs> and sure enough, when she turns around, that jacket can't button. No. That and they are got just no these chance. giant fake boot. I mean, they were they were so damn big. And maybe I'll find a picture of honey melons that's safe for work, kind of, if you work at a, a United. Well, I don't want to discriminate because, I, as you guys know, I'm fully inclusive. But, I mean, I don't want to discriminate against the giant fake melon. But as I, I think I've made clear on here many times, I'm more of a leg man. But, yeah, so, I, I mean... I'm not interested in the over enhanced, but you know, I mean, none, I, of, none of them I'm would a friendly, stop me. I'm a friendly kind of guy. None of them would stop me. I want everybody to feel loved. And I think at this moment, we all do. So if you have stories about honey melons, puffy nipples, being scared, email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. But come sundown, there's going to be two things true that ain't true now. One is that the United States Department of Justice is going to know what in the good Christ, excuse me, Angie, is going on around here. And the others, I'm going to have somebody's ass in my briefcase. You should have let him kill me because I'm going to kill you. I'll catch up with you. I don't know when, but I'll catch up. Every time you turn around, expect to see me. There's one time you'll turn around and I'll be there. I'm kill you. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Saldy. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> <laughs>